All right, guys, welcome to the first episode of 90th Plus Football Talk. I am your one-third host, at Kane on Twitter. Now, everyone else, go ahead. I am your two-thirds host, at Jaeger on Twitter. I'm the third-third of the host. My name is at Michael B. Garcia on Twitter. Three A's, by the way. Welcome to the first episode, boys. All right, so we got a few topics we're going to cover. Lots of Premier League topics, some hot, messy topics, some very messy, very, very messy topics. And we also want to talk about some potential rumors that are going behind the scenes at Madrid, Juventus, and other teams. We'll also be discussing some of our expectations for the top five domestic leagues in Europe. Um, a lot of big transfers this year, so a lot of things should probably happen. It's going to be kind of unpredictable in my opinion, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And cover. Don't forget that. Yeah, and talk about. Yeah, it's going to be a lot to talk about, so it's going to be a really, really good year of football in my opinion. Do you guys want to get straight into Messi? Yeah, man. Let's right. get messy. Um, so we're going to talk about how PSG gained 20 million followers. In one day, twenty million followers. Yeah, when before Messi signed, they had nineteen point one million. After he signed, they had forty million followers, and the stock went up forty percent. No, four hundred percent. Four hundred. Yeah, in the first day, his jersey sales were um, one hundred five million. Well, he sold no. I was talking about the number of jerseys they sold. Eight hundred and forty-two thousand jerseys in twenty-four hours. They uh, and I'm pretty. Go ahead. No, I saw uh, they made 105 million on the first day of his jerseys. They got 10% of it, so they they I think it was 10.5 million they made on the first day just on his jerseys. This PSG. Mm-hmm. And then in the actual PSG store, um, I'm pretty sure they said they had 150,000 shirts stocked, and they all sold out within like an hour or something like that. It was insane. There was, I think, uh, uh, there was a report I read on Twitter that the mile to the PSG store was three quarters of a mile long at one point. I can't really uh, convert that into kilometers because I'm not mathematically inclined. But yeah, sorry yeah. guys, we're not, we're not European. We're Americans. Yeah. We go by miles. <laughs> yeah, guys. So apologize for that. apologies. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth about the whole situation. Um, I, I'm just a fan of watching the man play. I honestly, I think it's kind of really not nice of how the way they took, took him out of Barcelona. But I mean, at the end of the day, if the man's happy and he's playing the right football and putting on a show, I can't complain. You know, I don't think it was the best way to exit out. And I definitely don't think his time at Barcelona is over. I think uh, one day he'll eventually go back. And, Mm. you know, obviously we know why he left, right? Yeah. They wanted to get out of financial trouble. They wouldn't say no to the Super League. Yep, exactly. Which I think is really bad for someone that's given so much for the club. 21 years of service. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people point out the fact, too, that um, their ex-president, Bartramo, he... uh, basically inflated the salaries of like 
all the starting 11 players, of course, they're not going to want to take a salary cut. And at the end of the day, when you have somebody like Samuel Titi who sits on the bench for, what, half of the season, three quarters of the season and doesn't do anything, at that point, why are you, you know, why are you not trying to sacrifice your, your pay salary for the best player to ever play for in the world, in my opinion, and the one for, the, for your own club? Of all it's time. Just, exactly. Like, it, it's, more, it's more or less like Barcelona degrading themselves as a club through their moral values. Um, so hopefully there's a switch of tides, and that's not their true colors. But as of right now, they didn't really give themselves a good name especially with all this Super League drama. You know, now that you mention it, I want to talk about a little bit of the salary structure at Barcelona, which I find kind of insane. It's mad. It's completely, it's not, it's unethical. Let me pull it up. I have it right here, and I'm looking. Although Messi was the biggest earner with a $70 million. He was making $70 million 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 contract. Per year, that's one million three hundred and sixty thousand dollars every single week. Every single week. How much does the average person make? That's an astronomical number. And the fact that he was willing to cut his wages in half does say a lot. Obviously, these professionals are uh, very. <laughs> Very highly skilled and offer a lot of entertainment, and it's definitely worth it. But I think the problem we see in the squad is, you know, everybody likes to point the finger at players like Philip Coutinho, uh, Samuel Ntiti, uh, sometimes even Usman Dembele, which all these players have either, you know, besides Coutinho being away at the Bundesliga Giants, uh, Bayern Munich, obviously all three of us are fans, uh, he was gone for a year, and Byron covered most of his salary. But when you see these kinds of players that aren't performing when they're at Barcelona, when they're wearing the jersey, or when they're always injured, what does that tell you? But the one thing I'll say is there is one man on that squad that earns way too much for what he gives to the club. And who that is? It's Antoine Griezmann. Griezmann. Knew it. He's a great player, but he's on almost 900,000 euros a week? a week. And his returns are not good enough. They're just not good enough. It doesn't make sense. Um, it, it just, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating if you're a Barcelona fan, and I feel your pain because somebody like Antoine Griezmann, the man plays like a god for his he country. He makes 900,000 a week? Almost. Yes, he makes yeah, eight hundred and eighty thousand euros a week. All right, Bayern's top player earns three hundred and fifty-two thousand a week. And, and who can is you that? Guess who that is? Yes, Lewandowski. Know. Lewandowski. And you know Lewandowski's returns are obviously astronomical compared to Griezmann. Griezmann. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, I um, while I was at work today, I actually ran into kind of going off topic a little bit of a Polish lady, and she said that while she was in Poland and Lewandowski was breaking the Bundesliga goal scoring record, many people in Germany and in Poland were really upset because they actually didn't want him to break Jordan Müller's record. They wanted that to be the actual record holder, and for him not to break it. And I actually didn't know about that until today, and I found that did, very. Did he actually why? break it, or did yeah, he, he tie? It. 
He, uh, with like, I think there was eight minutes left or something. Oh, mm-hmm. right, right. And she said that really caused up a lot of steam around the Polish and German community. But at the end of the day, you can't stop that. The man's a machine. He's going to do what he wants. 41 goals a season. Right. Insane. Yeah. I'm hoping uh, the French Football Foundation, they uh, give out the 2020 Ballon d'Or this year. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know how it usually goes with uh, Bayern Munich players or players that aren't, <laughs> you know. Messi or from Real, Ronaldo. Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, man. Uh, so, in the sense of that, though, I mean, the way it played out for Messi at Barcelona, it's kind of like written in the stars from June. You figured he was going to leave. Yeah, he said he wanted to stay, but I had the feeling that it really wasn't going to work out. Um Especially with Barcelona's interest in staying in the Super League, which well, I don't know if you guys know or not, but we do not support at all. I think it's an abomination of football. Yeah, it's an world. abomination. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it on that. And then probably switch topics over now to all the transfers that's been happening throughout European football. Some big ones, some not-so-big ones, some rumors. Well, well, Lukaku, $115 million to Chelsea. Insane, you know. Insane. I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Romelu Lukaku at Chelsea could be a Ballon d'Or contender for 2022. I really think so. I have a lot of faith in him. He is a fantastic hold the ball type of striker that just keeps on going and going and going. Every single minute of every single game. Obviously, uh, it's going to be a little change of pace going from Serie A to the Premier League. And we did see that in the Euro tournament where he would get tired towards the end of the games. But, man, that man is strong. He is fast. I think he's a very, very complete striker. He definitely improved his touch a lot. Yeah. And I think a lot of that had to do with... Uh, confidence more than anything because he's, yeah. he's always been a great player even when he was at Everton and I was just a kid watching him I was like this dude is this dude is astronomical yeah and like a lot of people like to dwell on his past forms and yeah, like you guys were saying about about touches and stuff like that but what a lot of people don't realize is some of the best strikers to ever play um, I'm just going to give one example. Uh, one of my favorite, Radamel Falcao. That man was an absolute monster at Atletico Madrid. Absolute monster, Monaco. Goes to, uh, it was either Man United or Chelsea. It was one of the United. two. That, but that's yeah, the same thing that happened with Romulo. He couldn't score to save his life. It was, it was terrible. It was, it was depressing. Nobody thought that he was ever going to come back from it. Boom. After that, goes to Chelsea. Eh, it's all right. Goes back to Monaco. Has a fantastic record. His goal-scoring conversions completely changed night and day from whenever he was in the Premier League clubs to whenever he went back to the French League. Um, He obviously would never play like how he did when he was at Atletico Madrid. Uh, Just absolute beast, man. Yeah, his first season back in Monaco, he scored 21 goals. And he went from – he only scored five goals in the Premier League, man. And that's just – that's not good. And you I think, correct uh, myself. He wasn't good in Monaco either. He was actually bad when he first went to Monaco. Do you think uh, 
Romelu <laughs> follows the same pattern that uh, Falcao did. At Ma uh, Manchester United, scored 28 goals in 66 appearances. And goes to Milan, 72 appearances, 47 goals. Now back at Chelsea. You think he stinks in the Premier League? Or you think he comes back to his Everton form? Uh, you know, I really, mean, it's, it's tough to say because, you know, you have to see how he's going to play. Obviously, under the manager that he's going to be in, it's he's definitely going to be in favorable guys. conditions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something else is Werner. Werner's one of those players that goes to Chelsea. You know, the, he's in great form, and he's playing great. He's grabbing all these goals in the Bundesliga. He goes to Chelsea, and he does nothing. He does absolutely nothing. He contributed almost nothing, except for that one play in the Champions League that led them to the final. But other than that, there was not a lot of major contributions. But, but I honestly, think that with Tuchel as manager, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but with Tuchel as manager, if Werner is played and deployed in a supporting role, to play with Lukaku, maybe as a second striker behind him, or maybe a little out wide, I think that Werner and Lukaku are going to have a feast in the Premier League this season. It's not even going to be funny. It's it's going to be very, very dangerous for every single team they face. And Ty, I agree 100% with you. Kind of like just took the words right out of my mouth. Honestly, this might be the best thing for Werner's form because... I was watching the the Super Cup game against Villarreal, and this man can run past anybody. Fast, has amazing pace. You can tell his head is not in the game at all. Like, 110%. He has zero confidence. He he is basically borderline ambidextrous when it comes to crossing on the floor. And that's kind of what I think is going to help Chelsea this year because Lukaku's a workhorse. The man can run through a freaking brick wall. He's He's a monster. And at the end of the day, when you have somebody like, you know, Werner maybe playing as a second striker or two strikers up top and Havertz behind him, they're going to be playing those balls in behind. And Lukaku's going to be bodying everybody off. All it takes is one decent ball from Werner and boom. It's Bowling goalie. Yeah. Ball and that's goalie. it. That's, that's, you exactly. Bowling you cannot stop the shine. Credit to Manny. But yeah, Werner in the Premier League. So 35 appearances, he has 6 goals, I think 8 assists, a goal every 0 0.17 minutes. I think Said that's that definitely going to change this upcoming season, I think. I think it's this time. With Lukaku, they're going to have a feast, man. We'll see, we'll see. Premier League so, starts tomorrow, right? Yeah. So what are like you thinking about that? I mean, I'm thinking I want to see how Jack Grealish performs. Yeah, well, no, I actually disagree with that 100% for this reason. Um, Last year with Chelsea, they didn't have Lukaku. They didn't necessarily need Lukaku. They didn't even need Werner, to be honest with you. Werner wasn't doing anything. The fact that they did what they did in the Champions League, not a lot of people are giving them credit, and I was one of those people. But you got to just sit back and look at the statistics and appreciate it. They, they are my... Them and Man City are my number one contenders for first place in the Premier League. It's either going to be one of the, one of them, um, and but in the sense it's Man City's to lose, it's only Man City's to lose because of how much money they spend on their transfers. Um, in the sense of you know having negative outlooks on how clubs spend their money, you don't really hear a lot about how Chelsea spends their money because I know Havertz wasn't cheap, 
Werner wasn't cheap. Um, Romelu Lukaku wasn't cheap. But a lot of a lot of the a lot of the teams that have uh, per se like oil money from sheiks in Saudi Arabia and Dubai, United Emirates of Dubai, they a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth, like how they have with PSG whenever they buy these big name players. Well, at the end of the day, it's gonna kind of be like if PSG loses a game, it's like oh man, you spent what almost three hundred and thirty million euros on players this transfer season and you lost. You bought you bought the best players out of the whole entire world. And you lost, and then it's like Man City. Oh, you know you have De Bruyne. Yeah, you. Well, no, you have De Bruyne, the best center mid, I think, in the world right now. And that's just my honest opinion. And I love Bayern to death, but he's he's a god. He's he's very very good. Um, not only that, Laporte, he's finding his way. He's a solid defender. Yeah, just... Cancelo, Ruben Diaz. Yeah, Cancelo, Ruben Diaz. Morris, yes. and then if... Sterling, if he yeah. plays how and he then... was in the Euros. And then if... Uh, if, uh, if uh, what's his name again? Uh, Zevchenko? Zevchenko, yeah. Zevchenko, if he... If, if Zevchenko, he plays... bro. No, Ze- Zevchenko with a Z, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, if he plays good this year, man, I mean, I don't see them really, you know, messing anything up, but other thing too, like our one friend was saying, not gonna name him. Um, <laughs> uh, Benjamin Mendy. A lot of people don't talk about this man because he's always injured. He is a beast. He is a workhorse. He is a beast when he can stay healthy. Like it I'm doesn't matter. I, well, exactly. It doesn't. The thing about it is, yes, he's a great player, but he brings no value to the team. Really, obviously, Man City doesn't necessarily need him because they have so much that like you were saying but does he actually add any value to the squad he's always yeah. injured what does he bring to the table Nothing. They, don't, they don't even know why he's there anymore it's more or less like a it's more or less like a a situation like uh, i mean dembele is a prime example i mean i'm pretty sure barcelona can't get rid of dembele because of his price but i mean they're consistent with his injuries. The man gets injured almost every time he plays a game. Every time he gets healthy, he gets injured. And, I mean, it's just kind of like the principle of you keep him. It is what it is. They have well, – how many left backs do they have named on their team for Man City? They have Zevchenko, Mendy, and who else? You could play uh, Cancelo. Cancelo, can play there. Yeah. Cancelo, yeah. But at the end of the day, Walker has been starting more at center back and more – well, right back, center back, more or less, because – Laporte hasn't been really filling the role. And Diaz is a monster when he wants to be. He has inconsistent moments, but I mean, if he can if Man City can stay consistent in their defense, I think they'll be good. And honest to God, I hate to offend any uh, City fans. Sterling needs to stop flopping. Sterling needs to stop flopping. He needs to stop flopping. It's uh, it's terrible, man. You you breathe on the man and he throws himself on the floor. And that's just from a 100% realistic t- view. I understand tactical fouls. I understand, you know, Getting better play to win the game. game. It, it, you know, I, I kind of disagree with that. Sense. You know, I say I disagree with that because really you have to play how the game is going to play out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if the refs, that's one thing I noticed a lot in the Euros. The refs will play the fouls. They will play the fouls. And then you have other players like Romelu Lukaku, who's powerful, and if he gets held back by his jersey, he's going to keep running. But you don't get called for the foul. So, really, it's dependent on how the refs are going to be playing the game. So, if if anybody wants to fix 
the flopping that we see from players like Sterling, Mo Salah to get penalties in the last minute. We need to see better and more consistent refing. Okay, so, so, so like I like listen, listen, like I was just saying, I have no problem with tactical like obviously, yeah, it's a flop. It's it's crappy to say, but yeah, I don't have any problem with a tactical flop. If it's the last minute of a game and you're losing or you're tied and you're in the league, yeah, flop, flop all you want, win the game for your team. When it's the twenty seventh minute of a game and you're running through midfield and someone doesn't even touch you and you throw yourself on the ground and there's three different people open that you can pass to, why? What is the point of that? What What is the literal point of that? You like seriously? I can understand if you're a striker on a fast break and you throw yourself in the ground. Can, yeah, that's fine. You have no other support. What are you gonna do? Turn around to nobody? No. What are you gonna do? Keep running and and just fall on the ground? No. You're gonna take the fucking. You're gonna take the foul. That's that's the fact of the matter. But whenever you're in the start of a game or you're in, like I said, midfield with options around you and you're just throwing yourself on the floor, that's when I have a problem with that. He's just testing. And, and it, He's testing if the referee's exactly. gonna call it. And, and that's and that's the and that's the problem, man. Don't don't do it like that. If you're gonna play like that, man, play actually go for a foul. Actually get fouled. Don't just don't just pretend and flop, man. Don't don't let somebody pass by your leg and not even touch you and then throw yourself on the ground. Because at the end of the day, if it is a good referee, if it's a good referee that interprets the game for what it is and has good positioning, follows the play like you're like you should. He won't win a foul. It's literally a waste of time, a waste of possession. Oh, it's just a waste. A waste of a chance. And but, exactly. Mean, but I guess at the play. 90th minute, last minute of the game, or even in the first minute of the game, for Christ's sake. If it's the first minute of the game, you flop in the penalty area, so be it. You want a goal for your team. If it's a short-range free kick, you want a chance for your team. If it's a midfield flop with people around you, I think it's just pointless. I think it's you just make yourself look silly. That's my opinion. I mean, I don't, and, get, I don't get what you're saying, man. You're saying flopping is cool? No, 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 no. I'm saying that I can see, I can justify tactical throwing Lots. yourself on the floor to get an advantage in a game in the sense of a goal or an opportunity to score a goal. So if you have a not, like, say with Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is one of the best passers and free kick takers in the world. You know for a fact. If you're down in a game or if you feel like you're having a tough game, if you if you take a foul, and that's not just about flopping, you can you can tactically take a foul. You can know what the defender is going to do and take the impact and, and, and sell it and get a foul. That's not a problem. It's the problem that I have, man, is wasting time in the beginning of games by flopping in midfield, dude. That's what I have a problem with. The, the sport is never going to change in the sense of people faking crap. Yeah, uh, Pepe was like the biggest prime example of that at Real Madrid. You would point at him and he'd throw himself on the floor. That's not that's not what the game is about, man. The game is about intelligence. Like it's art. It's intelligent art. It's what it is. It's not about trying to get you know advantages. But oh, let me see if the ref sees that I'm gonna throw myself on the ground and and give me a foul out of nowhere. No, bro. Actually, fight for the foul. Take the foul. If he doesn't call the foul, yeah, complain, man. Complain. Yes. If he calls the foul, congratulations. Keep on going. Don't but, just throw yourself down you know, at it think for about no this. reason. There is so much on the line. All he's trying to do is win a set piece for his team, through ball into the box, goal. Like, you can't blame him for that. Like, he's just trying to okay, win. Okay, be realistic. Be realistic. If you are behind your halfway line, what are the odds of that happening? Like, you can look it up. Look up the statistics. What are the odds that you Probably score like 10%. a through ball less than 10%, bro? You're trying to tell me if somebody tries that 10 times, they're going to score it once? 
the same team? I don't yeah. think so, man. It's that's that's Honestly, no, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Unless you're Bayern, unless you're Bayern, yeah. Yeah, but you didn't yeah. name the team though. Man City. There you go. Because what's going to happen? Does oh. that one at one time out of ten? Yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, they score a goal because Sterling runs past the defense and flops. I mean, I, I don't really agree with that. Uh, I don't think Sterling flops every single time. Obviously, no, he's I don't. I don't. One of the players that are very time. theatrical um, at times, and we've seen that time and time again. And sometimes Mo Salah does the same. And these are just some of the few players that do it. But you know, a lot of players do it. But to be honest, like you were saying, some players are just tactical about it. But I don't like it. You shouldn't. You should go in, and if you're going to get fouled, then make sure you're getting fouled seriously. Like, you cannot stand up. You should fight and keep running as hard as possible. And if you get knocked down, then that's a foul. No, none of this tactical stuff, soft to the ground. I'm just tired of seeing that. It ruins the game. It really does. At the end of the day, it adds drama to the game, though. Like it's just a it's just a a component of the game that's always gonna be there. Like handballs that don't get called is handballs that don't get called, offsides that don't get called. I mean, our semifinal games with Real Madrid was a prime example, man. And that's just bad referee. Well, at the end of the day, and at the end then. of the day, at the end of the day, though, the only person you can necessarily blame is well the player's part, but I mean it's the referee, man. The the referee's job is to officiate the game. If he can't decipher the difference or interpret the difference between a flop and a foul, it's very hard. And sometimes it is really hard because either they don't have a good angle, it's it's a nasty challenge. He might get the ball a little bit. It's, there's a lot of different factors that come into the play, and 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 I'm not saying it's okay well, based to flop. On I'm just saying, though. and I'm not saying it's okay to flop. I'm just saying like it just like it's not okay to like. I mean. Like, I mean, like, it's not okay to kill somebody, but if somebody runs into your house and tries to kill you, you're going to kill him. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's just something that happens, you know? It's it's justifiable. It's it's not, oh, I agree with what he's doing. It's, oh, okay, I can see why he did it. You know, like, it's it's messed up. I don't agree with it, but I, I can see why it's happening because he's doing it for a reason. I mean, but then it's not, it's not, if it's a tactical foul that you're taking on, then it's really not a flop. It's, I wouldn't necessarily it's say just, it's a tactical foul. I would more or less say, well, I don't know, man, because it's the in the sense of tactical foul, like well, I it's it it, it's not it's not a tactical foul. It's drawing a foul. Draw, yeah, Lovely. drawing a foul, yeah. But like at the end of the day, too, like I mean, one of my favorite challenges I've ever seen in my life, just because the man didn't get hurt, um, that center back from Wolfsburg, I think Otavio, the double leg, he basically like wrapped this guy's legs around. That's understandable, man. That's a dirty challenge. I do not, I do not support dirty challenges. He could have really hurt the guy, but he didn't. But I mean, that is that's I have to decide, I have to differentiate from tactical fouls and like you said, drawing a foul. But that's, yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, one last topic I would like to cover is Champions League. Who do we think is gonna win? Who do we think is gonna be? the dark horse or the dark night in the tournament this year, obviously with a lot of transfers and a lot of changes in different squads. What do we think we might see? And obviously the transfer window is still open, so there's room for possibilities. 
still to this day? I'm gonna be honest, man. It's it's hard to it's hard to predict because um, yeah. yeah, it's hard. Well, it's hard to predict the overall outcome because of all the injury trouble that happened last year. I mean, like Lewandowski was my biggest example. We we probably could have won it if we had him in. Um, I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying, a clean slate. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's, everyone's healthy. Winning, who's winning the Champions League this year? Paris Saint Germain. Paris Saint Germain will win the Champions League if everyone can stay healthy. If the team's operating on a hundred percent, Paris Saint Germain will not be beaten by anybody. I don't think. I love buying your death. I don't think it's gonna happen, man. It's just like, like it's just messy, man. Like when you if you put it's like when Messi played for Barcelona back in the day. Yeah, Bayern beat him or whatever, but it's a completely different team now, man. Like. Uh, Lucas Hernandez was our only hope when we played against PSG. He's the only person that was able to even keep up with Mbappe. He was cooking Alaba's ankles. He was cooking Boateng's ankles. He was cooking Pavard's ankles. It, it, it's just it's something that we have to take into consideration with every other team as well. PSG has a lot of dynamic players that play, you know, attacking-oriented soccer, but now they have a solid midfield. They just signed Wijnaldum, one of the best box-to-box midfielders in the world right now. And... I mean, it's just it's just written in stone, kind of. In um, all honesty, it's PSG's Champions League to lose if everybody's healthy. Yeah, I agree with that. When you sign Real Madrid, Barcelona's, um, was was not him Liverpool's captain? Hakimi. Yeah, Hakimi, bro. Vice captain, I believe. Vice captain. Or third still... captain. I don't know. Something something like that. Uh, no, captain. Know, I think. I I I I'm not fully convinced. I know they signed, obviously, low no Messi. They signed one album, Gigi. Um, they Sergio signed Sergio Ramos. So they really solidified. Oh, also Donnarumma. So they really, no, really... you guys are missing a key transfer, bro. Ascraf Hakimi, man. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this man play. He is so fast and so like. Yeah, but tidy is he gonna ball, play, man. bro? Bro, I mean, but Ascraf Hakimi is a right back. Exactly, and and Paredes is a right back, and I can tell you what, just watching Paredes both of them play, CDM, man. he's a CDM. Oh, yeah. he is a CDM. I was thinking of his FIFA card. My bad. Yeah, man, but honestly, I'm not. I'm not. Obviously, they've got a lot of reinforcements, but I'm not thoroughly convinced it's gonna work. <laughs> I I just, I think they're gonna bench Verratti, man. I didn't even know he man was a right back. Who Paredes? No, Akimi. Yeah, well, he's right. He's right wing back, right mid, right back. He just plays on the right hand yeah, side. Yeah, he, can, he, he can, can play on the left side as well. Um, he was playing left mid, left back with uh with Dortmund Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Um, but as I was saying, I, I'm not thoroughly convinced. I think Bayern Munich, Manchester City. Obviously, I'm not a big fan of Manchester City, but and um, Chelsea as well. I think they all stand a pretty good chance against PSG. Yeah, anybody if, can be anybody on their day. One, if it's one two game, home and away, or the final, uh, I'm not sure. PSG wins every single game on every single day. I I'm just not thoroughly convinced. I think they'll win every single game. Obviously, they'll want to rest players in between. You know, group stage matches. Say if they have a knockout game where they're up ahead, a few goals, they're not going to want to play a lot of their starters. It might have the possibility yeah, man, of losing yeah. some game. Yeah, but that's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when it comes down to an elimination game, I'm not thoroughly convinced they will win ten out of ten times. 
I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's written in stone. I'm not sure it's written in the stars for PSG to win the Champions League just yet. And I'm just we going need to see them to play, play at first. Like you don't know how they'll get together. Like obviously, like these players are all top class, and you know they're professional, so they will adapt. And it's not like the chemistry won't be there because these are the greatest players in the world. So that won't be a problem. But I'm just saying. Teams like oh Bayern God. Munich, teams like Manchester City with so much depth, and teams with Romelu Lukaku now at Chelsea, I just think that those three teams should not be written off, especially if Manchester City secures the signing of Harry Kane. That's another interesting topic, mm. but, <laughs> you know. Wait, so who's, who's the dark horse in your guys' opinion? I meant to say Manchester United. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Is it just on Sancho? Uh, oh man, yeah. Yeah, Jaden Sancho will be real good for him. Hey, did you guys know that there's a um a club in the Champions League named Sheriff with a uh, Sheriff star, like a like a cop, like a cop uh badge? <laughs> Is it? Wait. FC Sheriff. Oh, actually Sheriff. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, FC Sheriff Terespo. Uh, Man, what, uh, co- what, I was just what league are these guys in from? They're playing. They're. <laughs> I just see they win again. Why one, man. They're based in Tiraspol on the East Republic what of Moldova. Yo, yo, I'm not even going to lie. I've never heard of that. <laughs> they were founded in 1997. They're in the Champions League? Well, that's 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 pretty awesome. Only where's Moldova? Twenty five years. Moldova. That is Here, really awesome. European. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, the club is one year older than me, and then the Champions League. Hey, the Champions League starts back up. Oh, I know it doesn't. a playoff. What? There's a Champions League playoff. Mm-hmm. Mario oh, no Gatze. Mario Gatze has been taking off in Champions League, uh, playoff games. Has he? I think he, he scored play? every goal. Yeah, he plays for uh, PSV. Heard of him in a while. Mm, he he scored two, and then he scored in like the 80th minute, uh, recently. He scored one August third. Yeah, that was the and recent he one. Scored, he scored. He scored two minute. like three weeks ago, I think. Which is yeah, nice to see him get back on. Yeah, he scored. Yeah, he scored a brace. Him and him and um, surely kind of died off. So where's Ozil? Yeah, they both. Ozil. It was died off the face of Earth. Does Ozil even play anymore? I don't think he even plays anymore, man. To be honest with you, I haven't heard. What what was that one team that he played? Fenerbahce. He plays Fenerbahce. 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 Yeah, Fenerbahce. Oh wow. Fenerbahce. That's pretty interesting. Number six is it Fenerbahce or is it Fenerbahce? It's Fenerbahce. You, you usually don't hear of German players going over there. Not well, too he's often. He's half Turkish, right? Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's why a lot of uh, a lot of stuff happened with, I guess, like him and like uh, racial abuse from uh, his religion and everything. Um, he put out a statement about it. I can't really a remember while what back, happened. I don't remember. I don't know yeah. what happened, but. He was going through. Um, sure. Oh no! He, 
So no, he retired from international competition in 2018, alleging discrimination and disrespect by the mm-hmm. German Football Association. Yeah, it was, it was really, yeah, Ozil, Ozil man. Yeah, oh, German man. media. It's not cool. Wait, where's he at right now? Is he still at Barcelona? No, Fenerbahce. Oh, Fenerbahce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I tell you, I don't think Sherlock's playing football anymore. Hmm. Follow him on Instagram. <laughs> he got like a wife and. Good for him. At least he uh, won actually, a that's cup. a lie. He was on Borussia Dortmund, and he went on loan to Spartak Moscow. Fourteen appearances, one goal. Probably <laughs> <laughs> just a five-minute sub at the end of every game. Yeah. All right. Hey, so, one, what are we thinking one, for the Premier League this weekend? What's gonna happen this weekend? Oh, yeah, man. I think Tottenham beats be Man it. City. Hey, I think, that'd be I nice. Think, <laughs> yeah, Brent, you know we don't Brentford's like Man City. Yeah, no, uh, Man City. Uh, I think Arsenal nah. loses tomorrow. Start off. Oh, 110%. 110%. Honestly, buddy. I think so. And, you know, while we're in the topic, I think we all have uh, Mr. Tony from Brentford as our striker. Yes, we do. Right? I do yes, not. You uh, don't? I have Antonio and Lukaku. Hey, you no, still have time. Have, Switch it up, man. <laughs> I got I got Tony, man. And that man's going to tear Arsenal a new one. So, as far as, you know, the rest of the games... Uh, well, you know, well, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Man United will beat Leeds United. I don't think it's a, a guaranteed game for them. What do you guys think? Rafinha, Rafinha is so talented, and if he can control the game on the right hand side of the field, I don't see, I don't see um of Aaron Wan Basaka putting him any type of um like malice towards him. Man, that guy is. If he's on form this year, he's gonna be a problem. He's gonna be a real problem. And I have him in my fantasy team, Rafinha. No, no, no. Who are your guys' three predictions for relegation? Relegation. You know, that's going to be tough. But I think my one guaranteed relegation team is Norwich. I cannot see them staying. You know, every time they come up, they just go down. It's it's just every single time. No, no, no. That one year, I think it was like 2016. they, They were taking off a little bit. I'll say that. Oh, It'll yeah, be... back in... Uh... <laughs> when they first yeah, got promoted, yeah. 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 Then... Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm excited to see Tiamo Puki back in the Premier League. Maybe he can do a little bit of something. Spark a little oh, magic on that team. I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything special. I think... I don't even think they're going to get 15 points. Real question is... Real question is, do you guys think that Harry Kane's going to start against uh, Man City? I think they already confirmed he wasn't. I don't think he plays. Great. What do you think the result's going to be in that game? I'll go Sun-Brace. Um, Ruben Diaz header. I think Jack Grealish is going to score his debut goal in the Premier League on his debut in the Premier League. And, uh, yeah. I think that they're going to basically shape the game around Jack Grealish trying to bag a goal. And Sterling's going to win a penalty. Yeah, Harry Kane's available to play. We'll see. If Harry Harry Kane plays, I say Tottenham win 2-1. 
If Harry Kane doesn't play, Man City win 3-0. 3-0? You're going 3-0 on the first game of the season? Bro, think about it, Dougie. Last year, what two players in the Premier League combined for, like, the most goals, assists, key passes, yada, yada? Who? Harry Kane and Hugh Ming Sun. Harry Kane and Hugh Ming Sun. If Kane does not play with Sun, I don't see it being a very lethal attacking threat. I don't. Who are they going to play at striker? I'm looking up. They're going to play that one Brazilian guy. I don't even know his name. Lucas. Moda. Uh, yeah. No, you know not what? Lucas. Not Lucas. Not Lucas. It's a different Brazilian. Uh, Lucas Lucas can play striker for sure, 100%. Um, it was a different here. Brazilian. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be too, too concerned with that because obviously with the Tottenham's new coach, he's a very defensive-minded. You think they play Carlos, hey, Carlos Vinicius. Carlos Vinicius. I think, I think Lucas Moda plays striker. Did he get loaned out, or is he still at Tottenham? He's still there. I, I then I think, um, Son, Son definitely won't play up top, or maybe they'll play together with Lucas Moda. But honestly, I don't care who is starting for that game. I think it's going to be a, a thrashing. I think Man City's going to take this game four zero. They're going to get started hot. They're going to be That's in the what I'm saying. Pep Guardiola has salt in his mouth from last year, <laughs> man. He is, he is going to try and demolish everybody in front of him, and I soulfully believe that, especially especially since he got finessed out of Messi. Oh, my goodness, man. Did you see the press conference? No. Man, 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 borderline implied, yeah, we were under the impression that Messi wanted <laughs> to stay at Barcelona. That's why we bought Grealish. Implying that he regrets buying Grealish because he could have bought Messi. I mean, I, I'm not too sure, man. I think Everything. Messi would go to nah. City, bro. I, I honestly don't. I don't think, think, I don't he think he'd gone. go to City either. I really don't think so either. I think the Neymar pull was really big on that one. I don't think Pep had enough pull for that. Do you think Mbappe stays? Or do you think uh, all the news about PSG saying Mbappe staying is... I, I, I think no. it's just... Uh, I think it's just... Uh, what's that saying? Something about... Uh, air in the wind. Some okay. Let's let's forget that. <laughs> I can't remember. But <laughs> good, I think it's Mark. just. I think it's just plain rumors. You yeah. know, people trying to get views, clickbait. But uh, I think Mbappe stays, and then he probably leaves next year. But let's be honest. If he goes to Real Madrid, what is there for him? So Ooh, this is this no is what I wanted there. to say. Uh, yo, Vinicius Junior is awful. I will say that. Awful. Um. I will say this, and I soulfully believe this, mark my words. If Real Madrid make a very big signing for somebody, I don't I cannot tell you who. Not a defender, obviously. If they make a big midfield signing or a big forward signing and they can fit him in there with Mbappe, Mbappe will be more inclined to go. Like everybody's been mentioning, it's his boyhood, childhood, dream club to play at. Um obviously. Are you sure about Real that? Because he was born in Paris. Dude. Look up reports and articles and quotes. Yeah, he was a big CR7 anything. fan. Big CR7 fan, bro. But that's another thing, too. A big rumor that's going around, and what we were talking about earlier, 
is if Real Madrid buy Mbappe from PSG, PSG fans and a lot of different football people around the world figure that whenever they sell Mbappe, they're going to have enough money for Ronaldo. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I could even fathom the sight of Ronaldo and Messi on the same, same team? team, bro. That hey, would be that's not going to work out, <laughs> Do you guys remember those commercials with the – I forget in what tournament it was. Maybe it was in the – 2016 World Cup or something oh, like, like that. Oh, like the robot, like like the robot tournament. Yeah. Like it was the robots. Yeah, bro. And that was yeah, bro. That's, like a <laughs> that's what that would feel like. That's really what that, that would, would feel so like. Insane. Because you know for a fact they would literally under go with each other, understand each other's games so to the T, and they'd I think they'd be unstoppable, man. That would be so crazy, dude. I think I think they really would. Oh, I could see. And I Neymar? Neymar and Messi whipping oh balls God. in all day and just scoring headers. And, and that's another thing that I can't fathom either. And I, I, I hate to say it, dude. Luis Suarez is nowhere near as good as Mbappe. In the sense of pace, in the sense of strength, in the sense of being able to find the right position. He, a striker was a great uh, – Suarez was a great striker. He had a great shot on him. I don't think he's as good as Kylian Mbappe is right now. And whenever you put that duo with a great striker like Mbappe, it's, it's, that's why I'm saying, man, it's kind of like man, Champions League so is there lost. to lose. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm so lost. Why is Suarez a topic of conversation right now? He was MSN. One of the best strikers MSN. Ever MSN. In yeah. his prime. Okay, but, in his no, prime, exactly. Dude, I don't even think Mbappe when is in his prime Suarez, yet. When it was MSN, Suarez was an animal. Because that, of what reason? That was true vintage El Pistolero. And to be honest, I don't think you watched enough of him because he was an animal. Lethal. An, Lethal. Animal, but, an animal that got set up by Messi and Neymar. All right. But Suarez, Suarez made his own name in the Premier League with Liverpool. He was his he own basically player. basically carried Liverpool in 2013. Bro, then again, who was giving him service when he was at Liverpool, bro? Think about it. Wasn't Xabi Alonso on the same roster and Steven Gerrard on the same roster through his career at Liverpool? Or am I tripping? Like, Man, at the end of the day, I don't, bro, I don't, the I don't think you watch enough of that back in the day, but it, that, Yo, that was really, in, in that my was really soul a warm man, Terry Dobb. You think, you think Mbappe is better I'm, than 191 appearances and 147 goals? I mean, what's his statistics? The, the thing the thing is that, is that they're two completely different players. Mbappe is a pace, pace merchant. Pace merchant. Yeah, I mean, pace merchant. Suarez is just a, you know, he's a he's a classic number nine that also like to drop in and get the ball to feet and create Michael a little. Might ha- Michael might have a point. What's up? Eighty-one goals. I just eighty-one appearances, seventy-eight goals. Like, bro, like, I mean, the, the only, this, this isn't where I'm coming from. The thing from, is, bro, he's just... at PSG. He's in a league that is not as strong as the Premier League or, or, La, Liga. or La Liga. Or La Liga, yes. I understand that, but just hear me out real quick. Please. I, I think that the only thing that's going to be holding back Mbappe's success this year and what's going to kind of lead to him leaving is going to be the relationship between Neymar and Messi. Because I can guarantee you something right now, Neymar doesn't give a single crap about Mbappe anymore. Now that he has his best friend back, like I mean, that's literally honestly, the only thing that man wanted in life was to play with Messi again, and he got it. So, in the sense of that, 
I don't know, man. I kind of think that if it, there's the potential for Mbappe to have like literally a record, like a good, good year, man. Like it is a very big potential. The fact of it happening, I'm not too confident in because I don't believe he's going to get the right service. But what I'm saying is that, say, if he was put in a place at Barcelona with the MSN, if it was Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe at Barcelona, he would have done bits. He would have done a lot more than Suarez did. That is just my sole opinion. <laughs> well, no, I can't even. I can't even like. Hey, they because listen, it's it's a different era now. Exactly, bro. Messi and Neymar already have the relationship established. When MSN first got established, they all came together as one. That's why it was MSN. They didn't just say, oh yeah, Neymar was our Neymar is on there. Messi's already on there. We're gonna add Suarez as like the third one, all in like a wishy washy order. No, Neymar and Suarez got signed. I wasn't. What well, it wasn't in the same transfer window, was it? Or was it? No. No, but the fact of the matter is, it took Neymar a few few months, or I don't even know how many months, to actually get acclimated with the team. He wasn't even comfortable practicing. There's been so many articles saying that the man would literally cry after practice. I mean, the and thing Messi about it is, it wasn't room. it wasn't necessarily about the chemistry, though. It was more about adapting to coming to a whole new continent, not just country, a whole new continent. And playing at a whole new level that he had never experienced. Let's be honest, the league in Brazil is not the same level as La Liga. It's just not the same. Oh heck no! I think that I don't think it matters. I think Messi goes right into that squad. Obviously, he's the best player in the world. He goes right into that squad, and Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi, and even if Di Maria plays, I don't know how they're gonna line up. But whoever is playing is going to be eating all day long. They're going to be scoring. They're going to be assisting. Everybody's going to get a slice of the cake. I don't think it matters. Like, they're, I wouldn't be surprised if they score 150 goals in League One this coming season. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Messi. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I think Messi's a different player nowadays. He never, I don't think, was goal hungry. He was just very fundamentally sound all the way around. Yeah, or either that or he's going to hold up the play and play through balls and Neymar all day long, all season long. I mean, those days are literally endless, like, to be honest with you. I mean, at the end of the day, if Messi's whipping a ball into the box off the corner, who says Sergio Ramos is not going to have... Bro, bro, (laughs) it's literally... And with Marquinhos, man, look at the history of Marquinhos' goal-scoring record. The man is a heading machine, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many different, like, aspects to this team that you you could talk about it all day long, man. It's just, we, like Andrew said, we literally won't know until we watch that first, you know, I wouldn't say the first game. I wouldn't really wrap anything up off the first game. Uh, first five, even if that, if everybody says, oh, yeah, yeah, I think they'll oh. get straight to it. They're gonna handle business, and yeah, yeah, you did say they're that. Have a bad. really good season, but I think so too. Yeah, um, Brown so... just got confirmed to United from uh, yep. just now, 2025. just now, yeah, and uh, Fabrizio just talked about how uh, Grasso <laughs> got in trouble. For uh, transfer rumors, he went what on. Yeah, he, uh, he was like, negotiations are confidential, so you know if someone got onto him. Hmm. 
Good old Brazil, so man. Probably, uh, it's probably true. I wouldn't be surprised if Submitzer signed the next I two weeks. So. Well, we'll see. But I don't know. With uh, I think with Varane, I think United has a good run at yeah. uh, the Prem as well. Me and Jaeger were trying to kind of talking about it today, um, earlier in the day, how Harry Maguire is going to kind of perform. Kind of have high hopes. I kind of have high hopes for him this season, man. I kind of, I kind of really do. Yeah, man. Like honestly, I. Luke Shaw. That's honestly disgusting. Yeah. You think they win their first trophy since like? I don't understand much of the hate that Maguire got. It's just because he wasn't performing. But it was because he was so expensive. A very fit player. He's just. He's a brick. He's a brick wall, man. Is a good luck running into that guy. That guy, because you're not gonna. He's enormous. You might be able to run around him, but definitely not yeah, through him. <laughs> definitely not through him. And if he if he grabs onto you, ain't going nowhere. Uh, oh my! I cannot wait to see him and Bowling go. I cannot wait to see him and Lukaku go head and head next year, man. This year, I really can't wait to see that. That's gonna be a great battle. Him and he's gonna. I hate it because we're like pooping on Man City so much. Bowling goalie is going to have Ruben Diaz and Laporte in his big old pocket. I hey, promise you. Another thing I wanted to touch on, since we're on the topic of Premier League defenders against uh, Lukaku, Mr. Bowling goalie, um, Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah, he's back. What is up with him? Oh crap! I completely forgot about that. He's, he's gonna back. give him a run for his a... money. Took very long to come back from that uh, ACL. So, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I don't think he took that long to be honest with you. Ten months. I mean, it really depends. Yeah, you know, there's different severities to it. But it wasn't no rush. What, what are we? What are we thinking, man? And I, I think that if he can, I think if he can get his head back. I mean, I did you see his preseason game? <laughs> I saw him getting wrecked. It did not look pretty, and in the sense of that, if he can get his head back and get his, because his, I don't know if you guys remember the injury and how it happened. It was a, it was disgusting. It was yeah. terrible. Um, Jordan Pickford, Jordan Pickford came up, uh, jumped out for the ball, and basically Virgil Van Dyke's knee was positioned. His leg was positioned in between Pickford's legs. And Pickford borderline sat on his thigh and hyperextended his knee backwards, and that's how he tore his ACL. Yeah, that that was that. I didn't hear about the severity of the tear. I know there's like a level three, level one, level two. I'm pretty sure, but I'm hold pretty up. sure he like. Right now. I'm pretty sure he tore tore his ACL, and I think ten months is a great recovery time because I mean, uh, going off sports, but when Derrick Rose tore his ACL in the NBA, that's that man was saying. out for what? Two three years. Um, there's many players who've torn their ACL. I mean, um, Dembele is a, a prime example of knee injuries. Man, the Leroy man cannot Sané. getting. Well, Sane Sane's was a little bit. Sane's was a little bit different. But Same thing with Coleman's. I don't think Coleman did Coleman tear his ACL. Uh, he never I, did. No. You sure? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it was good. ACL. He's had a lot of hamstring problems. Always hamstrings, yeah. yeah. Bro, I could. Hold up, no. I was uh, watching a game and he like, hold up. Yeah, that was hamstring. He always pulls this fucking hamstring. Oh. But uh 
right. So oh no no no. It was it was an he he could have. T- Remember that game where he was running, um, and he, runs a lot, he like, no 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 no. Listen listen. He was running like to the sideline, and his knee like popped, and he like shot up in the air. Like, have you ever been running and the ground like changes level, and your knee like pops you up, and like you just like fly? He did that, and if you look at like the replay and the angle, he like he he twists his knee really bad, and he got taken out of the game. That's the only reason I thought he tore his because it literally looked like he tore his ACL. Like it looked like he was messed up, but, no, but it was a very can, nasty. You can, like VVD, you can see how Leroy Sané still isn't oh. back to himself since the knee. Like, no, he's way he's way slower. His <laughs> movement's a lot slower. He's not as confident when he turns and everything like that. I mean, I have a torn ACL myself, and I, I'm not no professional soccer. Pl- I'm not no professional football player at all, and. I, it gives me problems on a daily basis. I can't even wear flip flops in the rain because if my knee slips out of my foot, if my foot slips out of my flip flops, and my knee pins in half. So uh, mine isn't that bad, but still, like you never trust that muscle again. Never trust that joint. Whatever it's whatever it is. It all all comes right. Down. Well. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap for the first episode of the 90th Plus podcast. Um, we had a real pleasure talking to you guys. And if you guys liked hearing us, uh, go ahead and give us a follow. My personal is at Pen Merchant Kane on Twitter. And, you know, the podcast Twitter is at 90th plus. And, uh, you know, you guys can plug yourselves as well. Uh, you can follow me at J-A-A-E-G-U-R on Twitter. Yeah, and if you guys like the podcast and want to recommend it to any of your friends, we won't tell you no. Um, go ahead and tell your friends and family if they're football fanatics to go ahead and give us a listen. Just three kids across the pond talking <laughs> about things we love. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Talking about how much we hate Man City and how much we love Bayern. Yes, I'm Mia. Um, but yes, I'm Mia. Every Monday, you can expect an episode every Monday. And then also in the future, look forward to us having a lot of guests on. Um, we know a few people who have some pretty interesting insights on a lot of problems and different things going on in the football world. Uh, so something we're actually really looking forward to doing.